Welcome to another episode of the Triple Takeover Toycast, and I'm personally pretty excited about this one because it's our 60th episode, and that happens to be a number that I'm quite fond of for <laughs> reasons, I don't know. But <laughs> with me as ever are my two gorgeous co-hosts. we got Maz from Transformers Square One. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? Doing great. Been looking forward to this episode for a long time. Yes, indeed, we have, haven't we? And Liam from Toybox Soapbox. Ding, dang, do. Is that what your window cleaner calls you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time watch. That's why I'm the, uh, right. the robot watch. Indeed. My name is 60, and uh, getting that in there, of course, because that, the, that was the joke, by the way, about the, the episode number, in case anybody's not got that just yet. We are talking tonight about Transformers, big surprise, 1987. And this, as Maz said, has been a topic that we've been kicking around for some time now. Because so we talked about 1984, what was that, like episode three or something? Yeah, it was. It was episode yeah. three. Yeah, I thought so. It was like in the first five, definitely. And then obviously we did 1985. We split 86 up into two, non-movie toys and movie toys. And we've done a ton of minisodes kind of around a lot of these bits as well. Yeah. And I really feel like this one actually has had some big anticipation behind it on our part. Because I think I'm right in saying that this is like not just a watershed year in Transformers as a whole, but for us collectively or individually even, this is a big favorite year, right? Like on, oh, yeah, on all yeah. our parts. Yeah. I think this is core to the podcast as well this year. I mean, a lot of what we decide to do aesthetically can be traced back to this year. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's mm. absolutely true well it's the the color scheme isn't it and everything hot like pink. even our... we're always all about hot right pink and, hot the pink and teal yeah oh, there's yeah. like i know it's a lot of our friends and stuff that people are into this same year and i think it's we're all of a similar age we're all around that same age and this is that year where you're old enough to remember it and really be aware particularly for me because like 84 i'd have been two one you know, yeah three, something like that same. one of those some age like that but like 87 is the year that's it's really established in my head that i remember really clearly like and same, same here is this yeah. is this the episode then liam when you stop pretending to be so much younger than everybody else and just kind yeah, of pretenders is the next year the facts. <laughs> okay very good I'm, I'm thinking I didn't, I didn't even clock the episode 6-0 so we should have done this is your life with 6-0 you know absolutely yeah got michael aspel on <laughs> or parkinson well, I was going to do the full reveal, you see, of the full history of the name and everything. I was This was going to be the later, and then Mark Mayer stepped in and had his way with it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the moment's over now. You could have just told him to tune in two episodes from now. No, I couldn't do that to Mark Mayer. He's, he's too nice, isn't he? He's, t- he's such a lovely bloke, honestly. Dude. Yeah, he really is. So he, he asks you a question, and you got to answer. It's just like, you know, it's a compulsion. <laughs> yeah, exciting year, this one. Very, very much so. And it's funny because I didn't have these feelings about 1987 when I started collecting as an adult. It was all pre-movie, you know, 84, 85, Diaclone cars, microchain stuff. That was my bread and butter Transformers hobby for over a decade and a half, I think. It was only 2015, I think, where I really started to, well, I had to buy some 87 toys for the James Roberts thing. And then all of a sudden I was like, wow, these are actually wonderful (laughs) when mint. And They're actually good. <laughs> I need to rebuy all of the ones I had. Uh, and, and not only that, but a lot of my childhood collection kind of is around this part as well. So yes, I loved them as a kid, but then as an adult, it became, 
the absolute focus. And I think it was the first line I got really, uh, sorry, the first year I got really close to completing with some standouts that I still don't have. But this was the one I really wanted to get the whole year. I was okay with not finishing any of the other years, but this is the one from 2015 onwards. I really wanted them all. Yeah, I can understand that. It's interesting you say that because I remember at the time I had that same feeling where I wasn't keen on it. I remember my first impressions as a kid. It felt like the floodgates had opened where it wasn't the real cars and vehicles and stuff. I said that in the 86 episode. And so when these came out, it just felt like that. And I remember at the time being like, ah, until I got a lot of the toys and then that changed straight away. Yeah, they're, they're real toy toys, aren't they? Yeah. So And such an aesthetic and tactile difference to what came before as well. I really feel like 87... I know I said it already, but it's such a watershed year just in yeah, terms yeah. of the Transformers line So much so. in total. It, it's such a shift. So we're going to get into all of that tonight and more, believe me. There's a lot to say about these fabulous toys and this wonderful year of toys. Uh, before all of that, it's fair to say we've got a bit of a Patreon, don't we, Maz? Just a bit. This is patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. And it's not that far away from being one year where we did a revamp of the Patreon yeah. and it's worked out really brilliantly. So, you know, I think, of course, we'll remind everyone at TF Nation about it again. That was a real, speaking of watershed, that was a watershed moment for us. And that's not super far away from when you're going to be hearing this episode. But yeah, patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. Loads of perks for you there, depending on what level you sign up at, whether it's joining our Discord community. Uh, and we have people who join purely to be a part of the Discord community, whether it's getting early access to episodes this into the week early or the highest tiers where you can commission topics where we do mini sods on them or super hyper specialized mini series on forgotten 80s and 90s toy lines that only liam had toys of and remembers <laughs> right and likes but then we end i think up he invents them. some of them you know yeah yeah that's all right, that's all right. <laughs> he's really a whiz with photoshop exactly or you can join us in our, on Sixo's journey through more than meets the eye with the odd occasional pop-in from creator james roberts and also Unicron Trilogy, which up till now has all been Superlink, but that is about to change. So there's loads of material there on Patreon. So check it out, patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. And more on that at the end of the episode. We also have a sponsor for the evening. That is tsource.com. As ever, do check them out for all your Transformers and third-party needs. And we also have a Rebel store. And this week on the old Instagram, I've got another message from another fan. Oh, God. This time, you know, from somebody, an international fan, Joaquin from Phoenix. Sorry if I butchered your name there. He says, I live in the United States. Can I get Triple Takeover merchandise shipped abroad? And I'm like, yeah, of course you can. If you head over to rebelbull.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore, you can buy it in whatever country you live in. What the listeners can't see is Sixo and I rolling our eyes, <laughs> chucking our heads back and taking deep sighs at this. Like That's not coming across, but it's just speechless every time. What sense? Joaquin from Phoenix. Why do you know him? Is he a friend of yours? I might have heard of him, Liam. Might be a Patreon. <laughs> Who knows? You're really walking the line here, Liam, I tell you. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, you're a real joker. But, yeah, uh... <laughs> I knew that was coming. There it is. <laughs> Good God. But I have no idea what you're talking about. But uh, thank you, Joaquin, for listening. And, you know, yeah, buy some merch. Is he not merciful, Sixo? Is he not? Yeah, he really is. <laughs> What's he like, eh? Little scamp. <laughs> Honestly, did it just get worse? I thought it. Uh, I thought it was bad enough with Denzel from Washington <laughs> yeah. last time. Honestly, 
Oh, I'm not man. responsible for people's names and geographical locations. So we'll never top Clark Lyle, though. That will always oh, be. <laughs> <laughs> that will always be a, a moment. I've got to tell you. Well done for leaving it in. Oh, yeah, mate, I had to when I was editing that. I was like, <laughs> no, sorry, I'm not hiding this shame. It's got to be, got to be. Heard. I felt so bad. I sent poor Carl a apology email. Right. I love that my colleague who listened to the episode thought Liam was from Peterborough, not Pete from Peterborough, no, or whatever. Right. It was. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Pete from Peterborough, good God. Because it's not her favourite place. And she was like, it's Liam from Peterborough. <laughs> Liam with the bad childhood who never had any anything to do apart from stay at his grandma's and watch cartoons. <laughs> I, I, I love this person. That was brilliant. By the way, I did see her on Friday and I did tell her that, rest assured, Liam did have an excellent childhood and she was thrilled to hear that. So oh, Tremendous. That. I was always out playing, watching cartoons, living the life. <laughs> that's, the, that's your life now. What are you on about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No That's different. what I'm saying. I refuse to grow up. I'm just—I've literally just stayed the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't changed. Good God! Don't ever change, Liam. Honestly, I can't. I'm incapable. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <Yeah>. Guarantee. <laughs> right. Well, there's so much to say about '87 and. Honestly, I feel like when I look at this list of toys, it's just one banger after another, in my opinion. Like, honestly, it's the shelf, like, it's not just one shelf, but it's the section of my collection that whenever I kind of scour the kind of ranks, if you like, and look at it, it's the one that always catches my eye. And I find myself kind of lingering on, you know, to kind of look a little bit longer. They're just so eye-catching, so gorgeous. I love every toy that is in this lineup. It's all killer, no filler, except for blue. Yeah. But... (laughs) Even he's good, man. Even he's good. I know you've got your thing about him, but... Yeah, I'm joking. It's the part of my collection I always display first. Like, whenever the collection moves or gets dusted or gets into storage, comes out, it's the bit that I take the most care of. It's the center cabinet as well. Those Decepticon Headmasters and Target Masters are front and center, right next to them with the Autobot versions. It is absolutely pride of place in my display. Yeah. And it has been in my previous home as well, where I only had two cabinets. Whatever was in storage, it wasn't 87. That was Mm. always front and center. I could not imagine not having those on display. But I mean, we should be really clear that we are not actually going to go through every single toy this year. That would be impossible. We are going to do loads of mini-sodes on different subgroups. Uh, This is the year of subgroups. This is the year of the gimmick. So everything has a very easily done mini-sode ready to go. Yeah. But we're just going to kind of look at 87 as an umbrella and kind of what it meant for the line and meant for us and collectors. Absolutely. I think we've got into this kind of format now where we discuss stuff, you know, as a kind of broad topic, if you like, on the main regular episode and then if you want to get the full conversation it'll be on our patreon you know in the form of minisodes and whatever so we've got a couple of kind of earmarked out for this already uh, we've actually already done a minisode on the throttle bots because we love the yep. throttle bots so much that that enabled me into buying a second set of throttle bots because <laughs> why not just without the rub signs but yeah h- holistically you put a throttle on your spending there <laughs> absolutely Yes, brilliant. But yeah, holistically, <laughs> so much to love about this line. I think I'm a bit like you, though, you know, Mez, looking at my kind of cabinets. I think it's real kind of eye level for me, which is quite high, obviously, but it's it's sort of right, right, real centre point of the collection there as well. And uh, yeah, I just I can't get away from how gorgeous they are. I think stuff like the Headmasters for me is just peak, peak Transformers. Yeah, so that's that's a key that's not like the the first stop on the tour for 1987 isn't it it's this was the year where the toys stopped just being that guy 
it was the year where it was that guy and the little guy. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is just yeah, suddenly. Sure. This is the year where everything feels different. It's like yes. 86 is the year where it starts to change, but it feels like a very much a step in the middle where it's, yep. it's a bit of the old, bit of the new. It's like leaning. This is the first year where it feels like they really embrace everything different. Like the toys feel completely different. Like you say, they start coming with little partners. It's so many ideas, but it's all, instead of it being like repackaged Diaclone stuff or, you know, like a slight evolution from that it's completely different it's all new like they feel different they look different the styling is different and yeah it is a return to that play pattern because you've got the little nebulous partner yeah which becomes Mm. a driver a pilot a buddy and you know is part of a greater play pattern where interchangeability is suddenly the key here you know everyone can wear each other's heads or hold each other's target masters those that are target masters and headmasters obviously so it is a return to the roots in a way but like you say total shift and it's the template moving forward almost it is and it feels more influenced by its time than the previous lines because like the diaclone stuff it's very real world vehicles but when you look at these characters you see the colors and you're like that's very like late 80s isn't it and you start seeing that with the transformers they've got all those sort of 80s trends creep in because obviously i suppose it's more led by hasbro rather than repackaged diaclones it's very much influenced by what's new at the time like, like we were talking about you get the micromasters and suddenly that's very much influenced by micro machines these lines start to yeah. feel influenced by what's happening at those times whereas 84 and 85 are all new all of their own yeah and i, I think that it's why it's so palpable that you get that shift and that people really talk about transformers g1 almost as two lines like or maybe a line of two halves is the way to look at it sporting analogy feeling but uh they (laughs) they really kind of you you do get those like ultra g1ers don't you You say a line of two halves Uh, yeah i did yeah like a line that's that's in two halves game of two halves (laughs) (laughs) no i know it's a game of two halves but in this case it's a line (laughs) of two halves it's not a one for one come on work with me a little bit (laughs) so it's maybe a half and half sporting analogy (laughs) Sure, yeah. It's a sporting analogy of two halves. But anyway, <laughs> it, you know, you get like what those going Ultra on? G1ers. I don't know what's happening. You get those like Ultra G1ers that are like, they like G1, but they only really like 84 and 85 and maybe a bit of 86. That was me for a long time. That was me for right. a long time. Yeah, it's a real thing. And you still find that attitude today. Like you post a picture of anything kind of 87 onwards and people are like, yeah, it's not real Transformers though, is it? And of course, what they mean is it's not repackaged Diaclone. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have diecast. It's not real world cars. It doesn't, you know, very often don't have Chrome and things like that. And there is a totally seismic shift even from what came before. I think what's so weird about 86, and we've of course talked about this in the past, is that that is a real hodgepodge. You know, it's like a lot of Diaclone stuff or Diaclone in origin stuff like Metroplex and the Scramble City guys and all that that kind of originated in design from Diaclone. But then you've also got stuff like Blur and Cup and Hot Rod that are repackaged in 87. Mm. And actually they kind of fit in this lineup as well, weirdly. So It's the colours. crossover. I think yeah. it's the colours. One thing I'm noticing... They've still got the diecast, haven't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, I'm looking at the shelf though, but I don't think that's got anything to do with it. It's, it's the colour. It's the way that they mm. are. Those guys are 86 men and are blocky and colourful, almost like a spectrum in the, of their own, those movie characters. And then everything in 87, I, I think it's the most colourful shelf I have. Even looking at 88, the next year, the Decepticons are pretty much quite uniformly coloured in those fancy colours. Mm. But 87 Decepticons is like, it's still, you got purples, whites, yellows. Yellow, you know, it's, weird it's, wolf. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 
green. You know, it's a bit more varied, and certainly the Autobots. Yeah, Skull Cruncher. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So yeah. the two eighty-seven shelves I've got next to each other of the main headmasters and target masters. It's a color pop, honestly, and yeah. that's kind of why it draws the eye. They're all sort of similarly shaped, really blocky. Well, do you know? I always think of like the Autobot headmasters, the four of them, not not Kangs or Rebros or Fort Max or any of that. Just the main four headmasters. You know, one is blue, one is green, one is red and brown. And the other is kind of a sort of, I don't know, baby blue tealy color, like what, whatever you would call it, brainstorm. Turquoise. Turquoise, mm. yeah, that's the word. Thank you. Yes, turquoise. And uh, it's always struck me that that is quite unusual for a team of that kind because you don't really see that like in other lines. Like stuff like the Insecticons is all quite uniform or whatever else. I guess you get stuff like Deluxe Insecticons or whatever. But, you know, there's always a kind of specific palette. And these guys just throw that away completely. And it's almost like that kind of Power Ranger thing where it's like, we're going to have this color and this color and Mm. this color. And it's, I don't know, it's an interesting mix. They're individuals in a subgroup, aren't they? Yeah. Like the Insecticons feel like a group rather than individuals. These ones are all very much individual toys and characters. Yeah. And plus the colors really do help to distinguish them because I guess on their own in robot mode, it's a little bit less like the previous generation of Transformers where you'd get really obvious vehicle parts visible in robot mode whereas you look at chrome dome and you know sometimes characters like that they just end up really blocky looking and even the decepticons are a bit like that as well you might see the odd wing jutting out somewhere but it's a lot less immediately an earth-like vehicle it's even something like cyclonus you know he becomes really really slender and just like a rectangle apart from his funny ears but again it's not massively descriptive of his alt mode whereas the previous generation of transformers i think were really obviously carried their alt mode parts as hugely visible elements on their robot modes i think there's less of that in 1987 i think that's true actually and you know i'll be honest i'd never really kind of thought about that actually in a weird way i've always sort of thought more about the vehicle modes and the fact that they're quote unquote cybertronian for the for a large part although i would say are they cybertronian or are they futuristic earth vehicles because that was always the thing with 86 as well wasn't it with like cup and hot rod i think autobot target masters are earth vehicles i think that i would go so far as they're just futuristic earth vehicles you could say the same for the movie cast as well the movie autobots yeah i think so i've never really thought of that you are right though but with the autobot ed masters it's only really brainstorm who's got like the cockpit on his chest isn't he the other three yeah but then i suppose if you look at the monster bots they are very clearly monstery you know yeah like double cross and grotesque are super obvious there's something else going on there they are almost a throwback to the previous world of transformers like grotesque really reminds me of a dinobot you know like massively so mm. and throttle bots as well you know they're still kind of got one foot in the past in their aesthetic i think but for the most part like the the headliners of these years like the target masters and the headmasters which i see as the the headliners of 1987 they're more that way i think yeah i kind of agree even if they were built in the same way as the autobot cars from 84 and 85 the diaclone cars they would look different i think uh, like even if they were smaller they had diecast parts uh chrome you know they're kind of more intricate you know something like crosshairs or sure shot or point blank i just i don't see it being the same aesthetic even then agreed i was just thinking of fort max as well as like this massive guy yeah, but there's nothing really on him to tell you what he turns into. No, like, apart from maybe the compartment on his shoulder, but it doesn't really like. There's loads of guns, but he could turn into a plane with loads of guns, you know, really <laughs> yeah, big yeah. plane, or or like an aircraft carrier. It's hard to tell. Scorponok, on the other hand, you know, with his claws, way more obvious. Yeah, 
for sure. But then even stuff like the Technobots, when you look at them versus, uh, you know, if you consider something like the Stuntnacons or the Aerial mm. Bots or, mm. you know, anything like that, that's all kind of a bit more obvious. Whereas the Technobots is all very, like, it could really be anything, couldn't it? There's some of those, like Scattershot, for example. No one's still clear what he is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's that's space fight, I think. Yeah. The more I think about this, the more I think it's, and it's very much more the case with the Autobots than the Decepticons. I think Decepticons are far less this kind of concept of not giving away too much of the alt mode in robot mode, because I think they give it away a lot more. Thinking of something like Slug Slinger and, and even Cutthroat, for those guys, it's a lot more obvious what they turn into than the other ones we're discussing. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But even then, you know, got stuff like Six Shot and things like that. I don't know. Uh, maybe <laughs> well, he'd either have to be all of it well, at once, or not exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's got his wings, I guess. Yeah. Can you imagine someone looking at the robot mode and going, "He's clearly a gun and a car on a jet and a whatever else." <laughs> yeah. No, no, he's he clearly a submarine. <laughs> yeah, very, and very a winged true. wolf. Winged wolf, yeah. He's definitely a winged wolf. I think you may be onto something though, because actually thinking about it, this was the year of clones as well, yeah. and that was a specific gimmick of those clones was that actually you couldn't tell what they turned into. So too right, too right, absolutely. Uh, then you've got Punch Counter Punch, which is, yeah, you know, you can't even yeah. tell who he is. No he doesn't know. The fact that those totally toys fault. fit so comfortably like toys like the Autobot and Decepticon clones and Punch Counter Punch that you're not supposed to tell what they turn into as such. And yet they fit the aesthetic of stuff like the Headmasters and the Target Masters so well. Like they just fit in beautifully. I, I actually think that as a uniform aesthetic, 87 works way better than 86, mm. in my opinion. Like 86 is it's got some great toys, don't get me wrong. But as a whole entire year of Transformers products sticking and working together, I think 87 is way better. This will be the first one that was designed together, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Like the other ones are all hodgepodges of various toy lines and oh, yeah. different things thrown together. This will be the first one that's developed for the ground from the ground up by Hasbro to be released as one group, isn't it? So there's going to be a shift like that. There's going to be a more yeah. noticeable theme running through it. Yeah. But also, like what I was saying about the diecast earlier, that's removed here, so they're all plastic. So it's all it's a very mm. visual. In the, in the way those toys are made, isn't it? Yeah. It's not that they don't look as intricate as such, but you can tell there's more of a plastic toy quality, which really yes. works for them. And I think that's what makes them so striking. Uh, and I think actually it helps to bridge the gap between stuff like the combiners, like the Technobots, yeah. and the Target Masters, for example. Whereas something like the Protector Bots and the Autobot cars, you could tell there was a difference there, or like an Aerial Bot and, a, and an Autobot car. You know, they felt more distinct somehow. You'd never think Retgar and First Aid were supposed to come out in the same year, right? Like those two toys. Yeah. You just wouldn't have put them in the same year. What you're saying about this uniformity, there is that difference between them and the movie Target Masters on either side. I think if I had read the comic, and I did sort of read the comic once, when I bought my Horrorcons, I had a comic that I bought with it, which had Headmasters in it. And at that point, one of the reasons I found these so jarring back in the day was because I was still short of so many 84, 85 guys in my collection as a child. Mm. And I was still looking for Jazz, I was still looking for Ramjet and Sunstreaker in 1987. And they'd all gone off the shelves and this lot were there. So when I picked up a comic and I read through it, I was like, I don't know any of these people, like literally none of these characters. And it didn't uh, didn't stick. It wasn't until later on, uh, I think I must have been way older, when I finally saw season three and then Rebirth, it made a lot more sense why things were the way they were. And because those movie Target Masters were the leaders of their respective 
factions yeah, yeah. it made sense that they were a little bit different it was like these are still the stars of the movie that i remember but now they've got this whole different crew so it made sense to me that way that the leaders were a different aesthetic the 1986 look because those guys are really 86 in a nutshell aren't they and then you've got 87 which is completely different it's this blocky plasticky feel which has aged very well actually in terms of toys i think i think so why why do you think the 86 characters were packaged in here because um, I don't suppose I don't assume it's the cartoon because Hasbro's seen quite liberal in getting rid of characters and Rodimus Prime's not here or Galvatron. So why do you think these characters were repacked into eighty seven? Yeah, I mean, interesting actually. If you think about it, stuff like Rodimus Prime and Galvatron and those were re released in eighty seven yeah. as well, as in they were part of that lineup too. They were in the catalogues. They would have been on shelves at the same time as all of these. It's just that because they're not repackaged with Target Masters or whatever, they're not thought of as part of the line. But technically, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking at an 87 catalogue right now, oh, wow. and you've got stuff like uh, Magnus is in there, Rodimus Prime, Rekgar, uh, oh. the Aerial Bots, Metroplex, uh, you know, all of that kind of stuff, Predacons. Oh, wow, so uh, these were all Nord. re-released in that year. Yeah. They must have been great sellers. And and I think this was a way of making people buy the same character again in terms of Hot Rod Cup and Blur and Cyclonus and Scourge. You'd I think. assume they'd still be on shelves, like from 86. They'd still be the, that stock. Just well, they, like yeah, they, they, I think just they were. Just redone That's... for the next year. They yeah. changed yeah. slightly. Yeah. I, although, having said that, when I went into Toys R Us in 1987, uh, where I was living, they, they weren't on shelves anymore. Like in 87, I couldn't find Hot Rod. I couldn't find Cyclonus. I couldn't find Scourge. I really wanted Scourge. I couldn't find those toys in single pack versions. It was, They had been replaced in Toys R Us with uh, the Target Master versions. So I got Target Master Scourge and I remember seeing Hot Rod and, and Cyclonus and, and wanting them too. But Scourge was the one I got because that was the character I really wanted. But there was no version of the original. It was just Target Master. Oh, so see, at I least remember, where I was in London in the UK, they had replaced the older ones. I remember in Nottingham in Zodiac Toys, they had both Hot Rods on the shelf at the same time. I remember seeing wow, both okay. and being like, whoa, it's different. That was my first realisation that it was different. And I remember looking at it going, this one comes with a small robot. Why? Because I wasn't aware at that age that it was like a different line, if that makes sense. I'm just going to say again, as I always say in these circumstances, I have no clue how you two remember this kind of stuff. Honestly, <laughs> I've got no zero memory of it. Zero memory of that kind of stuff. It's important historical information. <laughs> yeah, no, I have great memories of getting that Target Master Scourge. I, I remember exactly what store it was. I went home. I think it was part of my birthday. But interesting you say that because for my seventh birthday, I got Target Master Scourge and Rodimus Prime. So someone must have bought me Rodimus at the same time. So yeah, it must have been on shelves somewhere. Uh, but I'm thinking it's because those characters got new toys with the Target Masters yeah. that the previous versions were taken. Or they just sold out. And maybe mm. that was just another way of getting them back on the shelf, yeah, getting people to wondered, buy it again. If they were just maybe like some of the top sellers from 86. Oh, Hot Rod uh, would have been a great seller. It, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, Hot Rod, Cup, Cyclonus, Scourge, you know, these yeah. these were all the big names yeah. uh, of the movie. So It's also very Untransformers-like for them to not just be re-released, but they're retooled slightly with mm. the same characters with something different is this the only time this happens in g1 and i don't know if it happens again where yeah characters are released but with a very slight change i know you get stuff like optimus gets like a different deck on that sound box but i mean i can't think of ones where they physically change but only to such a slight... classic pretenders maybe i mean because they were re- well maybe that was like a store exclusive but they were just bottom card yeah they were bottom yeah, cards 
pads, weren't they? Shells were removed and that stuff, yeah. But these are physically yeah. altered, aren't they? Just to be able to hold the target masters. Other than stuff like metal chest and plastic chest first aid or yeah. metal toes sandstorm, that kind of stuff, which I think is different. I think that's just yeah, a that's very... Just a change, isn't it? Wasn't yeah, that's just that's not a, a purposeful sort of yeah. uh, repackaged, refreshed item with retooling and everything. Um, it's the only one I can think of off the yeah. bat anyway. This is the first deliberate attempt to try and get you to rebuy toys you already yeah, might yeah. have. It's the first time it's marketed anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. all the running mm. changes aren't marketed, but that one is. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, very true. I, I wonder if many kids had both versions back in the day, you know, like in 87, if like there were a lot of kids that whose parents or whatever got them a Target Master hot rod after they'd already had the regular hot rod. At least I know someone who did. You know, I, I bought a significant amount of someone's childhood collection between 2015 and 2019, and uh, there were occasions where both the regular and the Target Master were in there. At least Blur and Hot Rod, definitely. Nah, some of the really good ones then. Yeah, sadly not Scourge. Mm. I loved the Target Master Scourge out of that well-preserved collection. Yeah. That would have been beautiful. Yeah, I got pretty lucky with old Scourge, yeah. as you may recall. But uh, they were just lovely toys to collect, all of these, honestly. Just so so beautiful. It's because they're uniform. It's because when you have another of them, you're completing the picture. It's yeah, so much it's more true. than just there's that other one that I didn't have, slot it in the shop. It's like, these almost exist as strongly as a cast and crew as the early guys did. There's so much a team of characters that belong together. It's very true. They all kind of fit that same aesthetic and everything. And I have to say, it's only been a recent thing for me, actually, to get the other versions of them, because for a long time, I was happy with just the Target Master versions. And I was like, oh, that'll, that'll do. Do you know what I mean? That's good enough. And I've just recently been going back and getting some of the 86 versions as well. I think it's just Scourge now that's left to go. And um, 86 Scourge, then I'll, I'll be done with that. But um, yeah, it's, it's great having both, actually. And they do feel quite different. So I can kind of understand the, the refresh of it. You know, um, interestingly, look at my childhood buying every time i bought something in that year it was of the new aesthetic like at no point did i get a combiner limb at that point like i I didn't do any technobots didn't do any terracons i saw scorponok loads in the store had no concept that this was the new main guy and if i'd known Mm. anything about that toy i would have asked for it if I'd known anything about how good it was. It's almost like I was still trying to collect like 1984. I wanted jets, and the closest thing to them were the Horicons that I could see. They had the thinner boxes as well, like the G1 Decepticon jets, and then I wanted cars. So, you know, those were really easy ones to go to. I think it was just like two Horicons I had, because I felt the need to complete that set, and I had Skullcruncher. So even when I did get them, they were completely new things. Like, they weren't a new version of an old idea that, I never got behind. So I feel like I did adopt it, really. Mm. I don't know why I wanted a green and purple crocodile. It didn't fit (laughs) anything I owned before. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's the first beast former I ever had with Skullcruncher. I mean, none of it really fit, though, did it? But I think it's strange now looking at it, like if you... were collecting from the beginning collecting uh, as a kid you know what I mean but uh, you know you've been through 84 85 86 and then this and as you say suddenly you're getting massive like yellow wolf and pink crocodile and things like that it's just really bizarre to kind of look at it in that way but I think from for me certainly and Liam you're probably the same because this line is sort of almost my entry point uh, 87 uh, it's just always been that way for me. Like, this is Transformers to me. It definitely was not for me. I remember, I remember when it came out, I genuinely remember being, like, almost horrified 
it just felt like everything was slipping away, like, you know, the, the small cars and stuff like Yeah, I really remember it at the time. And it was when I got Point Blank. I remember getting it from Littlewood Shop that used to be in Nottingham. And that was the thing that changed everything. But I remember before, like I said, it, when we, the 86 toys came out, I was like, oh, it doesn't feel like Sideswipe and those characters, like the actual little cars. And these guys, at first, that was my initial reaction until I actually got them. And then I remember everyone in the, the playground was getting them as well. And we were well into them. Speaking of that, do you guys have any memory of playing with toys that your friends had as kids? Loads. And like swapping heads and headmasters. Did you guys do that or combine with the other kids, Technobots or Terracons to make the full combiner? Or was your collection just like an island and it didn't no. ever interact with the others? No, yeah. De- definitely, definitely remember doing the whole like combiners and that and, and heads, I'm pretty sure yeah. as well. Uh, I know I've mentioned this before as well, but I also have. This is a very big childhood memory. Also remember um, very clearly uh, a kid who I think they had connections overseas, you know, America or whatever, who um, had Fortress Maximus, and I remember him because that was obviously not really something that was widely available over here, and and then bringing uh, Cerebros in to show off on the playground and i just remember him like literally flipping it over and seeing the head of fortress maximus for the first time ever and just being in awe like i can't even tell you blown my mind as a kid man it blew my mind as an adult never mind if you're seven it it felt i mean it's funny because i'm looking at it now and it is big i mean it's obviously one of the biggest transformers toys of all time but i can't even tell you how how massive it looked at that age you know it's just you think how big you are when you're what five or whatever um (laughs) tiny aren't you and it it just felt so amazing like i I, it seared into my brain that memory i know exactly where i was standing and everything uh on the playground and uh yeah no but swapping heads and stuff and all of that yeah i think there was quite a bit definitely with the combiner limbs because i didn't i had all the limbs for computron but i didn't have scat shot there was a kid at school who did so we used to put them together because he didn't have the limbs that's cool but uh, i remember with the headmasters i had uh chrome dome brainstorm and highbrow and there was a guy who had hard head and so because i used to just play football all the time at school so after football we'd go down there's like a little pond behind the football pitch and we'd have the four headmasters there and swap the heads around and play with them like it was a scene (laughs) cool yeah it's really funny because i didn't have that experience really like with my own toys the only thing i can remember doing like that was lending my friend rodimus prime and him lending me hot rod so i could experience the hot rod toy uh just i remember that from years ago but also talking about the headmasters because they're the ones i had I was really surprised when a friend of mine, I remember him, he called me on the phone and he was telling me that he got a new Transformer. And I still remember the phone call because keep in mind, we're like seven, eight years old. And he was on the phone saying, I've just got a new Transformer. Can you guess who it is? Pew, pew, ha, 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 pew, pew, ha, ha. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) And it was trigger happy. That's what he'd bought. I still remember this conversation, man. And I still know this guy as well. And I saw this toy, Trigger Happy, and he's the same friend who had Blitzwing, and I didn't have anything like Blitzwing, and I didn't have anything like Trigger Happy. And if you think about those Decepticon target masters, they're almost like a different thing altogether in terms of Transformers. They're like Transformers of old, who have one mode and another mode, but they have the gimmick, but they're not like the rest of 87, where it's like a very, very blocky head. Mm. Because even some of the toys that aren't headmasters look like they could be headmasters. Yeah. But Trigger Happy was 
very different, you know, and I really recall how weird I found the spring head, you know, the head on the spring. Yeah. That was yeah. a new one for me. It's like, what is this? But it was a um, fascinating feeling toy. And to this day, the feet and the knees on Trigger Happy feel unlike anything else, really. Yeah. It's a very distinct tactile experience. I would agree with that. I had Trigger Happy as a kid, funnily enough. I remember great times of um, extending the guns out onto his arms, mm. you know, so he's got like yeah, gun yeah. arms almost and uh, having great fun with that. And uh, yeah, it's an immense toy, honestly. The only one of the Decepticon target messages I had was Misfire. Oh. So I got that from a kid at school. I've told the story before Never about Rotostorm. And it was the same kid who'd gone off Transformers and people bought him a uh, rope for his birthday. And so the first thing he did is he came in and he swapped it for me for some other toys. And it was the same with Misfire years before because he'd, he'd gone off Transformers long before rope I was at his birthday party and he, I remember him just being like really like disappointed by it. And then the next day at school he came in and bought it in and he was like, do you want it? And to just really? some other toys. Yeah. So what really did you swap with him? I can't remember. But there's nothing I cared about. <laughs> nothing interesting. He was never bothered about that. Amazing. He's also the person who swapped me the G1 Jetfire that was missing all the parts. What? Probably gave him a Bionic 6 Fluffy, didn't you? For a tenner. <laughs> it could have been. It was also for that. But at that age, everyone I knew was starting to go off Transformers and stuff. Wow. But I, me- I always remember the Misfire because it was like brand new, obviously. And same with Rogue yeah. And man, Misfire beautiful i think a lot of people i knew went off transformers at that time as well yeah. trying to think of all the kids whose homes i went to who had transformers i don't remember them having anything after 87 like that was the last year of things i remember playing with that's why all the 88 and 89 toys are completely unfamiliar to me because i'm pretty sure all my friends stopped getting them eight that's a really good point actually yeah, damn I didn't realize that at all. It was Micro Machines. And then even for us, yeah, everyone was starting to move off toys into sports or to other stuff. But like, yeah, I remember that. It was that. And then it was Turtles was the last thing that people had toys from. But even that was a smaller group. And it was like, obviously, every year you aged up, more kids have got out of toys and stuff. Yeah. And of course, when you would have been, what, like eight or something in in 1990, I was 10 and into video games. Like I had my own, like hand-me-down C64 or ZX Spectrum and then an Amiga when I was like 12, when you were 10. So that was definitely a thing that that changed what I was getting. When I was eight, I got my NES and it changed my life. (laughs) Yeah. The Ninja Turtles on a dime. Because you you just mentioned Turtles and I was thinking, yeah, I was really into Turtles, but I was never had any Turtles toys. Really? Like it was beyond, it was the point where I could still super enjoy the cartoons, but instead of thinking I wanted toys, I was thinking I would love the game. And that's where that (laughs) Uh, started. The NES game. I played the NES game at my friend's place. I remember that. It was was like an Amiga version as well, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, that was definitely a shift. But I also wanted to say, like, 1987 is the year of the gorgeous canopy, isn't it? Just yeah. on so many toys. Highbrow, stuff like Ape Face, Ape Face right? yeah. yeah. Definitely Ape Face, like Ape green. Face. When I got a mint Ape Face a few years ago, the first thing that happened was I, I touched that canopy and it was perfectly translucent green, no scratches, no cloudiness. And I was just, that's the moment I was transported back to 1987. Uh, I think you're going to say you broke it. No, I fixed it, if anything, because they're all floppy. That's one thing I can actually fix mm. is Ape Face's floppy backpack. But I was transported back to sitting in the car after we'd been to, I think it was either Selfridges or Harvey Nichols, and I'd bought Ape Face my first night in a seven-figure. And it was I was there all of a sudden, right there. And not a lot of toys do that to me, but that green canopy really did it because it was so standout from everything that had gone before. Yeah, it's the Headmasters for me, and it always will be. Even more than the Target Masters, there's something about the little Nebulans and the way that they interact with the toy. Bizarrely, not so much the chest gimmick, you know, with the the tech spec meter or whatever. It's not so much that. How meta was that? 
Oh, now you think yeah. about it, it's like yeah. talk about breaking the fourth wall. That was yeah. totally like who goes Very around strange. with this strength on their chest? It's like don't give it away, guys. Yeah, and... yeah. Really odd gimmick. That's what these things were designed as at this point in time, they're still not designed yeah. to be characters as such. They're designed to be still be toys first. It's like when we did the Tapman on um Batman in nineteen eighty nine. Tapman on Batman. <laughs> But we were talking about how, you know, oh, it doesn't look like the film. And why, why is it so far removed? And it and it's the same here. It's because it was designed to be a toy before something else. And it's different. They weren't, there wasn't that ethos then to make stuff look accurate to a TV no, show. No. So it was, we've got to make a children's toy. Then whatever comes after is its own thing. Yeah. But they already had that going on on the packaging. Yeah. Like everything else had it on the packaging. That yeah. was the gimmick. But all of a sudden, that gimmick was incorporated into the toy itself. It's amazing yeah. to think, though, that Transformers obviously starts with Diaclone and the little pilots. But for us, this is the first year we see yeah. that kind of connectivity. Because obviously, you've got the bits and bobs in the, in the 84 well, and 85 toys, but I, I, we wouldn't I, have yeah. known what they were. I've always loved the idea of little drivers or whatever that's always appealed to me, like in toys. You know, not so much as a... I'm less fussed in fiction, but I think there's something about a toy with a little driver that can kind of actually work in a cockpit or whatever. Yeah. And this was really, I, I don't know, just as we're going to say, not so much the chess gimmick, but this was the bit that just got me, absolutely got me on toys like Brainstorm and Highbrow and whatever. Just loved it. And I think for that reason alone, these are some of the most kind of viscerally nostalgic toys for me. And getting another set, a newer set of 1987 Autobot Headmasters was top priority for me in terms of G1 collecting. I mean, I actually did buy a set, I think, when I was not a teenager, but I guess at some point in my 20s. I don't know when. That's the set you sold to our yeah. mates. and sold one to later. That was just... Yeah, it was just before the moment where you tipped over. I was like, no, actually, I am going to be a G1 yeah. collector. Because that yeah. was almost like the, like, if you let those go, yeah, you're definitely was. not a G1 collector. Yeah. It was, I think it was in some ways that was quite a watershed moment for me. I keep using that word. But it was, um, I think getting rid of them was almost like that thing of like, no, actually, I do really want them, you know? And it was, it kind of spurred me back into mm. to getting a nicer set and kind of upgrading them, if anything. You're talking about the nostalgic factor of those guys and how that is influenced you wanted to get a really nice set of them if i hadn't happened upon a really nice set of them i'm not sure i would have gone after them so quickly because a lot of my collecting has been getting the stuff i never had and a lot of the biggest thrills in 87 for me has been wait you know what i remember us being in the pub and and one of the members came to the pub and he had just bought a G1 Grotusk. I'd never seen this toy. I'd never thought about MonsterBots before. You know, it's an American thing. It wasn't something that we got in the UK. And he handed me Grotusk and I transformed it and I was absolutely blown away. I couldn't believe a G1 toy that nice existed and I'd never heard of it. It was like 1987 and Dinobots combined. And that's the kind of moment where you're like, I need to experience them all now. Yeah. I need to find everything in this yeah. line and we've spent a lot of time in this episode already talking about headmasters and target masters because they're the poster yeah they're the big poster thing. line but all of the rest of the line like these toys could start a fire you know <laughs> <laughs> what, oh, with the gimmick you mean yeah, yeah the yeah. monster with the so, flint yeah, gimmick yeah. with the sparks like what on earth yeah i completely forgotten about the spark gimmick yeah it's just so random it's a shame they didn't you release would... inferno in this in this line <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. but how unnecessary is that gimmick it's completely unnecessary entirely yeah but it's just 1987 in a nutshell you'd never get that gimmick on a toy today no. can you imagine no you just never would shoot sparks like mm. i mean genuinely would something would catch fire uh, I completely forgot about the fire breathing. And I'm sure more homes were carpeted back then. Yeah, yeah, definitely were. So those are very bizarre toys. And like you say, they're just ones that 
I was totally unfamiliar with. A lot of these actually weirdly felt unfamiliar to me as a kid. Even stuff like the clones, hmm, same. Uh, Punch, yeah. all of that. I never was... saw them as a kid at all. No, yeah, I was same. clueless about them all. I just assumed they were not released over here. Like yeah. Same with the Monster Bots. I never saw any of those when I was a kid. They were in Europe, just not in the UK. Yeah, Even the Technobots, I think. I didn't have a Technobot, any of the Technobots as a kid. Same. Man, I just assumed everybody on Earth owned Nose Cone or Lightspeed. No, no, but then I remember when I was slightly older, I got a load of secondhand toys because my mum had, I think, sold some of my toys and I was a bit annoyed. And I think then she got some secondhand toys. I remember going to this other kid's house and we bought some secondhand Transformers from them. And in that set was, I think it was a nose cone, <laughs> Liam, funnily enough. <laughs> and and one of the two Autobot clones, just the one. Uh, pretty sure it was Cloudraker. Um, so there were these weird things that I'd never kind of seen before, and it was like, what is this? You know, what are these? It was so weird. They must have decided at some point before the full production got underway for 1987 that this was how they were going to do this toy line from now on. Because we've seen the concept boards from BotCon, and, and we've seen them at Paul and Raz's panel at TF Nation, where all the headmasters and target masters were pitched by Takara as Transformers. Yeah. Nothing else about them. No headmasters, no tar- no nebulons, nothing. They're just jets that turn into robots, animals that turn into robots, cars that turn into robots. That's all it was going to be, just futuristic versions of more Transformers. At some point, they decided, no, we're going to gimmick the hell out of this. And every single thing in the line suddenly had to have something else about it yeah. other than just being a Transformer. That would have been uh, the marketing of the time because every toy line was like that, wasn't it? Every year, suddenly, there was a new thing that it had to do to get the attention of kids again. It's mad to me because of the industry I work in where a lot of the times product decides what we put out and marketing puts a spin on it. Whereas here, it's very clearly marketing feeding directly back into design and going, no, do this, develop it this way because this is what we want to sell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so this true. Is what kids want, yeah. mm. but it's like it's, it's like the era of like I remember stuff like Ghostbusters or the real Ghostbusters, and they they were um, everything was like the same core characters, but with a new thing, wasn't it? A new gimmick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you know, suddenly they've got like faces popping out because they're scared yeah. or whatever, or the one of them turns it's into the a toilet ones, or something. Yeah. You know, all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, you know, that those kind of things. But And it was the same in Turtles, where it was like you get the same four characters yeah. and now they're samurais or now they're, I don't know, doing something. Transforming coffin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. We've recently just put out the Bionic 6 Mini and I was saying in that one about how they had the laser chair and the laser yeah. throne or whatever. Mm. And that was a thing that we saw in Brave Star and Mask, all of that same time period. Fads is the wrong word, but it's, it was like that every year. Yeah. Every toy line was doing something and they were very similar. Like the spark feature was showing up in other toys lines because yeah, it was new yeah. at the time and then you had color changing things where you dip them in water and every toy line seemed to have that and then every toy line had miniature things or little people yeah things. splitting into two toys yeah there was loads of that at the time right. there's like the matchbox cars that did that and stuff like that it was do you know um at that point transformers would have been three years in and they would have been like we've peddled this same gimmick for three years we've yeah. done a movie and that was a flop apparently <laughs> we need to really change something now or the line's gonna die so it's yeah. no surprise at all that it went through such a huge sea change in that year. 
And they would have been looking at the, the competitors because you had toilets like Starcom that come out and toilets that last very short amount of time, but they've all got a gimmick, wouldn't they? So they would be looking at each of those saying, how do we keep up with that? How do we make sure we're not left behind and kids don't look at it and go, that's old. Every year they're having to do something different because Transformers is quite unusual for that time for how long it goes. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. Like we're saying, like, the amount of these toys that we talk about in Tatman toy lines that just vanish after a yeah. year or two, even stuff like Mask, which is really re- well remembered, but it's like two or three years. It's very well, short lived. How long can you keep kids' interest in the same thing? Yeah. It's not like adult toy lines. Like, we will take the same gimmick year on year as adult collectors. Just give us more characters, more colours. We're always saying, just give us the same thing in more colours. I would never have washed for a kid's toy line. It's uncharted territory then, though, like, isn't it? That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, like, that's you, the thing. If you look at Transformers now, it comes out with 17 different lines at the same time. It's But if, if you say Earthspark, you have normal deluxes, but then you have, like, flip changes in it. Mm. All different gimmicks as different sort of skews mm. or whatever. Whereas in this time, it wasn't like that. You'd have one toy line, and the gimmick was that year's yeah. iteration of that toy line. It's so true. And and you're right to say a lot of this now in context seems weird and it's like well why yeah. did they do it that way but it, you have to remember don't you that it just never been done before so they were kind of mm. feeling it out as they went and just try, trying to I suppose see what works yeah. but I think you are right I think if 87 was done now I think it's almost like headmasters and target masters could be let's say the main thing and then something like Sparkabots would almost be um, oh, that's next year in it but like let's say monster bots throttle bots throttle bots even yeah throttle bots is a good example it would almost be like a whole other line of transformers yeah for kit for, yeah. for <laughs> I was going to say for kids for younger kids maybe but yes although he's older kit isn't he of course yeah. but that's it's yeah, the three bike. steps so it's the bang, right. bang on market yeah. for him but don't be dissing the throttle bots though yeah, but... no I love them I have a question for you I have come across a lot of people who are older than I am that's my point I just right, wanted you to it. know there are that's people older it. than me. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've come across a lot of collectors. Some people are going to be listening to this like, no, what? Lies. But they were buying Transformers when they were not children. So they would have been teenagers or possibly in their 20s. And in 1984 and 85, probably less than 86, they were buying Transformers because it would have appealed to them as well. Mm. I don't think anything in 87 that those people would have gone around Toys R Us or, or Argos and just looked and thought, this is no longer something I would buy now. Yeah, there's a lot of that. You know, and they would have been less likely to change year on year what they liked. They would have been like, I love what 1984 and 85 are doing. Look at these realistic die-cast jets and cars based on real-life vehicles, lovely truck, beautiful jet fire. And then all of a sudden, they're very much more marketed towards toys, different aesthetic. And I think that market would have been super tiny but that would have disappeared in 1987. That shift's really obvious in Transformers from 86. Like even in the cartoon, it shifts slightly. Like we see the characters slightly change, doesn't it? it like you see Grimlock's change is the one I always feel like is quite emblematic of how the toy line then changes. It becomes even more focused on sort of kid-like toys. But it's interesting you point that out because I've got friends who come around who are not into toys at all, but they remember Transformers and stuff like that. But the things they always remember are the ones that are the cars and they're like replica cars. Hmm. They've got another mate who just buys like model cars and stuff. And that's the thing that he loves, like stuff like Banaltech when he sees it. He's like, wow, that's cool because it's like a real car. And he's like, oh, the only Transformers I liked were the first ones because it had like a police car or a Ferrari, Lamborghini, these things. And then once it changes, like not interested now. Well, that's what sold the concept. Yeah. That is the core selling point of what captured the world's imagination. It was real life vehicles and items that had a robot mode. That was the magic for most. I don't think you could launch Transformers with 1987. No. 
No, that's true. You had yeah. to come with that stuff first. And then once you've bought into the whole gimmick and the lore, and I, I mentioned this again to someone again the other day, that Transformers is Hot Wheels with Greek mythology. Once you've <laughs> bought into that, then you can take 1987. There will have been people of certain age as well who are slightly older. And it's like the early Transformers, it's almost more acceptable to still yeah. have them yeah. because they are scale cars that turn into yeah. robots. And yeah. it's like super so, novel. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas those same people probably won't be looking at like He-Man or Turtles or whatever going, oh, I want to buy it because it's a toy. But that is almost still a case of it. This is more acceptable because yeah, it yeah. looks like yeah. a model car. There are gimmicks in all these years but early Transformers you could almost call them gadgets you could almost put them in that category but you can't do that with 87 they fit the core theme as well which still appeals to people which is robots in disguise doesn't it because they're realistic earthen vehicles and so you look at something like G1 Jazz and you're like yeah you know all right, it's a flashy car but you can imagine it being in disguise. No one's looking at G1 point blank and being fooled by that realistically. Do you know what I mean? And all right, yeah, there's the kind of future, is it a future earthen car or whatever, that whole kind of debate. But realistically, they're 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 not vehicles that people recognize. No. And uh, I think that is a big shift because it's it sort of moves away from this robots in disguise theme that has been so central to the toy line until that yeah. point mm. and i think futuristic vehicles are a hard sell for some people yeah i really think that that's not as cool to everyone as it might have been to us as kids of the 80s i think that's a pretty hard sell to people another thing is with the 84 85 line and i'm not trying to say that that's why they're better but when you see a really worn and yellowed red alert or a jazz it can still have a lot of charm and someone will still pick that up and go, damn, that's cool. There are people in my office who still like G1 Transformers. They remember them. And I know if I get them one that they used to have, it doesn't matter if it's worn or one that they liked. You know, a, a colleague of mine has bought worn G1 Transformers off me, but I reckon if they saw a worn Skullcruncher or the one that really comes to mind for me is a worn Chrome Dome, yeah. there is so much less immediate appeal to people about those kind of toys because yeah. they just look like a kid's toy that's been played with tons. It doesn't look like it has any charm or magic of a worn jazz in a way. Not in the same way. Right, exactly. But then I got a mint Chrome Dome and suddenly everything made sense on that toy. I was like, it feels amazing to handle it looks banging in both modes with great stickers and great colors. And you kind of get it. And that's what did it for me with 87. It was having nice versions of stuff I'd seen in junk collections for years and just thought, that's not interesting. You know, I don't like this really yellow trigger happy thing, but get a nice one. And it has a way greater effect on toys of this era than the previous yeah. era. Yeah, I think it is true. I mean, not... <laughs> It's it's so difficult, isn't it? Because ultimately, would it have been interesting if Transformers had continued with the diecast and whatever else? Yeah, of course it would, and realistic alternate forms and whatever. But they obviously felt the need that they needed to shake it up for reasons, you know, to kind of keep people interested and whatever. And so it is what it is, and it's sort of hypothetical to talk about it any other way. Yeah. And uh, I can get why people find it difficult to get on board with the shift, and I think probably a lot of kids did at the time. But looking at it now as an adult, it's by far and away my favourite part of the line. And it's the bit that I kind of gravitate to with the most interest. And I think it's what you're saying. I think when you can get those toys mint and really kind of appreciate them for what they are, they're so full of personality and they're so, uh, they're just so vivid and so lively. 
and have so much character that it's it's hard to not love them. And yeah, they don't have the same die cast. And we know the real world reasons for that. That you know, plastic had sort of become cheaper to produce and things like this, and that die cast had been cheaper in the early eighties and mm-hmm. whatever else to be more durable for kids as well. That's that's why this shift yeah. partly happened as well. Yeah, and they had to stop ripping off vehicles. Yeah. But, you know, all of these sort of real-world reasons come into play. But the fact is, yeah, it was a hard sell at the time. But it's almost, if anything now, it's kind of come good, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. I think. Also, what people like us enjoy in Transformers has changed. I mean, yeah. a great example is how I can go back and now thoroughly enjoy Unicron Trilogy toys. Whereas in 2002 and 3 and 4, it wasn't my bag at all. They were too much yeah. like 1987 for me to enjoy. Well, I was going to say that U- Unicron Trilogy toys, if anything, are like... They're more akin to 1987 toys Definitely. than anything else. You know? That's why I love them so much now. Yeah. Because they really <laughs> remind me of how much I'm enjoying this era of G1. If anything, I would say that 87 has become the blueprint for Transformers, for not for every year, you know, because you can't really say that of Beast Wars and things like that, of course. But as a whole, like as a blueprint yeah. of Transformers, you know, generally as a franchise moving forward, there's probably more blueprint from 87 than there is almost anything else. Yeah. Like if you look at the style of what the colors, Transformer, especially yeah, the colors. colors and permission for every other year yeah. to just go mad with the pinks and the teals and the purples and the greens. And yeah, yeah exactly. It becomes more imaginative, I think, but not, yeah. I don't mean that in a negative way. It moves away from that ethos of this is a real world vehicle that turned into a robot. Here it's just like, create what you want. Create like mm. weird spaceships and just let your imagination go wild. And yeah, exactly. Open up another door, isn't it? And I think what you were saying there about how people look back at the cars and they can get away with looking more beat up than these. And it is like that. It's because the colors are such a part of these. And when you see them perfect, it's just all you want it being a toy and a kid's toy. So it pops in a different way, isn't it? Mm. Whereas the novelty and the vintage did vintage 84 85 is that they turn into a vehicle so you see a beetle one and it's still got that charm yeah it's true but you know you you got to think as well like now appreciating this era sort of in the modern world if you like look at stuff like more than meets the eye that just wouldn't be the same without transformers 1987 it's it's so rooted in that era and of course that's because of james roberts love of these toys as well but i think it's really true that i just think fiction in general it would be such a different world even thinking about stuff like cyberverse or rid 2015 i don't know loads of it would it be what it is now if not for this big shift that happened in 87 it's not all 87 though is it it's definitely got a lot of root in the movie as well i'm thinking of like cyclonus and hot rod and and no absolutely that was really the beginning of let's sell you the future with the pinks yeah. and the purples and the blues and, and, and all that. It's the colours mm. when, when you see those. That's what the vibe feels like. It's those colours, those 86 on colours. Yeah, but 87 took it on board and just spread it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Weaponised it. It's that sci-fi vibe that kicks in there. Like yeah, 84 is. and 85, they're still sci-fi. But again, it's all based on Earth with real world stuff. Whereas from 86, the toys, cartoon, everything is future. Yes. It's really telling as well that the first episode we did of this podcast was gimmicks and we had to pick our favorite and two out of three were 87 it was headmasters and target masters just such perfect gimmicks though and i think at a time where the these gimmicks felt fresh they felt new there had never really been anything like it or i mean or were any kids but it it certainly felt like something 
appealing and different at the time it definitely reignited a bit of love like yeah. i remember how much i enjoyed target masters and headmasters as a kid and mm. it didn't the, i mean the transformers love didn't die for me in 87 definitely not and those have become mainstay gimmicks of this franchise as yeah. well now right like you know they based and it pretty much an entire um modern line around headmasters yeah. So that tells you something about how cool a gimmick that is. One of my favorite recent lines of history, no surprise there. And it just happened to come out right as I was getting into collecting G187 as well. I just thought, this is speaking to me in very many languages. Another one where they said they'd never do it. Mm. Yeah. It was always, you know, they won't do it again because they're like, you don't want to lose a little, you know, the head or anything like that. And they did do it and it was great. Yeah. Losing heads was was a reason, was a thing definitely back in 87. That was a big thing. And then, of course, in Japan, you could get extra heads. Yeah, which probably would have been for that reason. Yeah, no doubt. Just get a little extra set of heads. I mean, they even slapped Target Masters on G1 cars. Mm, Very true. Very true. And why are those so massively desirable? It's like the marrying of the two best things about Transformers almost. Yeah. Let's take a Jazz and an Inferno and make them Target Masters the best gimmick ever. It's such a shame they didn't move more in a way, isn't it? Like They really could have gone to town on it. You just imagine... Uh, like a G1, uh, I don't know, any of them really, just uh, like G1 Blue Street with a Target yeah. Master, for example. Why didn't E-Hobby do this? Like, imagine like right. a sideswipe, yeah. it's got something like Nightstick or whatever. And now it's just all too late. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, when they had that era in the early to mid-2000s, this should have gone crazy. But I remember so many of us just didn't have the budget to keep up with what they were releasing anyway. The only oh, reason man. I skipped reissues was because I couldn't afford most of them. There wouldn't have been loads of people our age in their 20s who cared about the original toys, who had enough spare cash to constantly be dishing out money on e-hobby exclusives. It just wouldn't have been possible. Yeah, so true. And and this era, actually, typically 87 it's not one that's ever been revisited in terms of reissues or whatever, no. is it? It's, it's no. you know, these just toys six are shot, so... Fort Max. Yeah, so, it's so true. So many of these toys are just one and done. I just think, you know, you look at, again, like your highbrows, your brainstorms, your point blanks, your weird wolves, all of these toys, particularly some of them like Slug Slinger that are super hard to find in nice condition now. Mm-hmm. And you just imagine what a decent set of reissues would have done to some of this lot. Jeez, yeah. I'm just thinking how bizarre it is that the only two 87 toys that have been reissued are the only two I don't have vintage versions of. Yeah. Six Shot and Fort Max. That is weird. I don't even have a reissue Six Shot. I don't have one at all. This is the only two I don't have a vintage one, but those are the ones that have reissues. Is this the part where we're allowed to say that we've all now acquired a Fort Max? Hey, I joined the club. (laughs) Well done. The the Max Club. I get so much enjoyment out of my Fort Max. I really do. (laughs) It It props up all my Diaclone boxes. It's great. Without that, I'd have to bend down for my Diaclone boxes all the time. Phrasing. Hmm. Yeah. I can now go to the Max. Was that from Saved by the Bell? Was that the restaurant they used to go to? Do you remember the hamburger joint? No. No. Saved by the Bell? Popular children's television program? Yeah, yeah. I know know the series. Yeah, I know the show, but just not that specific reference. I haven't watched it in the last week or so. uh, (laughs) Which is about... How far the memory stretches. Yeah, well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I remember exactly where I was standing when I bought this toy and who gave it to me and what yeah. oh, was yeah, on yeah. the radio, but a week ago now. Nah. Yeah, Fort Fort Max for me actually getting that. I mean not we'll we'll do Fort Max properly in a in a mini sode. But that was a real I know it's the reissue, 
and that's fine for me. I've got no desire to own an original Fort Max. Um, I do. I know. I know you I do. Really do. You want the super specific one from Hamleys, though, don't you? I'm beyond that now. I would just <laughs> love a vintage Fort Max. I just want the vintage box, the Hasbro box with that artwork, and yeah. just I think I want the feel of a 1987 Fort Max. I want my experience to be an 87 one. To me, though, honestly, this reissue. I think was as good as that, honestly. Like it, it, it couldn't have been better. Like I just loved it from the second I'm I so got excited. it. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's amazing, honestly. Just yes, it's a reissue, but just taking it out, just experiencing it in the comfort of your own home, not looking at it through like a glass case or like in someone else's collection or like at the back of a. I don't even really seen it like at the back of um like a dealer table before. Yeah, you know, yeah, it was yeah. always the one that was like on the table behind the dealer. You know, like a with a big price sticker on it or whatever. And uh, I think the first time I ever saw it was at Botcon Europe '99. You know, and even then it was like a far away thing. You know, that you could only just kind of see. Like, my God, look at that! And so, really getting it and sitting down with it and just getting to experience it in my own time was just a dream come true i can't even tell you and it it's just such an awe-inspiring toy to me i'm looking at it right now and i still can't get over the fact that it's a real and b is in my house you know it's bizarre man i'd sell it in a heartbeat if i could get a vintage sell it tomorrow if i could secure a vintage i really would just so expensive though dude right i don't even know how how much it is yeah but that's the thing like there's a reason it's just it's so special just to know that that was the most amazing thing that came out in the line in 87 because it didn't it didn't like incrementally get to that size it just went da, 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 boom and yeah it's such a historic thing i think i would and even six shot is the same you know that's like an amazing transformers concept Mm. i've only recently got six shot and it's fantastic and it's that thing of experiencing a g1 toy for the first time Mm. all these years later incredible and i can't even say it's like it doesn't feel like a throwback or like it's aged no it just feels like an amazing toy yeah but fort max i'm so excited to experience that when it arrives because it's it's like a piece of history oh you'll love it knowing you wow yeah yeah it's right up my street like i've only ever saw it at uh it wasn't TFN, but then it was Auto Assembly in 2012. It was the first time I ever saw it, you know, in person and was just wowed by it. And so it's that it's a real special toy that almost occupies its own realm of Transformers Fort Max because it's such a unique thing. There's just so much to it, honestly. Yeah. I have such lovely memories of sitting down with my son and just going through all the different gimmicks that this thing has. And just like, it's not hard to transform. It takes a bit of effort. That's the thing. But just so many little secret compartments and like the lift and things like that. And just honestly cycling through Save it. Save it for the mini. Save it for the mini. Just being in awe of it. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'll have played with mine by then. I don't know. Fort Max Take it out well. the box. Yeah, take it out of the box. <laughs> don't hold your breath. Now that Poxy Ground Dion has arrived, there is no space in here for anything else to come out of its box. You you got a thing about big robots, man. You got you got I don't know. I keep telling you we should do an, an episode on hang ups or confessionals about this hobby because it's not all positive. There are other aspects that we listen, you did good listening to me on why Transformers. You gotta listen to me on that one as well. That's an all episode right, right, that needs right. to do. You two might be perfect collectors with the, with the most well, sparkling yeah, toy collecting mental health in the world, but I am certainly not. <laughs> right, you just hand over the mic to me for that episode. All right. We'll do one on big robots as well, and <laughs> that could be quite cathartic. That's a good topic, yeah. Yeah. These, I think they're, they're getting too big. Yeah. This is, I've got, I do, I've started to get a thing about this. This is a whole other topic. We'll do it in big robots. We'll make that an episode. But I do think that um, it was fine when it was one Fort Max. That was fine. But nowadays, it's like every toy is that big. And it's kind of like, yeah. ah, 
<laughs> I agree because I have all of the Titans. Yeah. And one of the problems I face it with at the minute is they're all just standing on the floor. It's like having an yeah. army of terracotta warriors in my room that I have to try and navigate past all the time. They can't go on shelves because there's so many of them now. It's awkward. Oh, like before, bad, you'd have man. one as a centerpiece, or you'd have two, maybe like fighting. But there's like six or seven now, and you're like, yeah, "Where yeah. do they go? What do I do with them? Like, yeah. Do I have to sign them up for school?" What? <laughs> <laughs> well, look in the UK. Scorponok was the one, wasn't it? Yes. Like, that yes. was the big toy. But I'm just thinking, like, it must have been really weird overseas where they had Fort Max because Scorponok had just broken the record. And then you've got Fort Max, which just absolutely dwarfs it. But to us, Scorponok was the big dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Particularly as they had them as comparable size in the cartoon yeah. and everything, you know? And then it would have been so weird to get them as toys and be like, oh, to be fair, that was kind of a common theme because it was the same a little bit later, wasn't it? With like Desaurus and Star Saber, you know, Star Saber's so much bigger. Bigger, things like that it's just decepticons always get the kind of raw deal in that regard <laughs> but i had scorponok as a kid and um i absolutely adore this toy from top down honestly it's magic absolute incredible magic. landmark transformers toy yeah it really is and you, i almost forget about it but every time it comes out of the cabinet for a photo or something or if i'm moving the collection mm. or storing it i'm always stunned by how amazing it really is yeah it's incredible and it really is a star of the year like i keep forgetting that i'm always off on my point blanks and slug slingers and ape face and this stuff but that is a mega star transformer truly is i have such good memories of my um a really good friend of mine we've been friends since we were like 18 his little boy uh who's much older now but at the time he would have been about five and i remember they were around one day oh you gave him a junko one didn't you yeah yeah yeah. just broke out this old uh old g1 scorpionock and he was just so in awe of it i think it was like the first time that I remember seeing a child now, if you like, going back and looking at a toy that I knew as a toy when I was a child, you know, and because uh, it was before I'd, I'd had kids and everything, but uh, but it was just absolutely incredible to to witness, honestly, just the look of sheer delight on his face as he was like, you know, moving it across the floor and the little legs yeah. are going and all of that, and he was just like, wow. And yeah, it was really something. It really kind of brought it back to me, just what this is all about. What toys are at their core. Like, you yeah. know, we, we look yeah. at these like, uh, you know, vintage pieces now, but when you see a kid interact with one of these, still get that magic from a G1 toy and it's just like, that's what it was built for. It's exactly what it is. This year is all about toys like that. Yeah. This year is full of toys like that, from Throttlebots yeah. to Fort Max. It's- Full of that sort of thing. My cousin got Scorpion up for Christmas. I've told the story many times and I loved it. But for years, I used to see it every day, not his house, because there was a house <laughs> around the corner from my grandma's and there was a guy, I don't know who it was, he must have been a bit older, but he just had it in his bay window of his living room in like the late 90s. For As he years. Did. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think he must have been a student or something who just stayed in the house for years. And I remember I used to walk past it every day on the way back from school and I would just see Scorpionock in the front bay window because it was like on the street, just in the middle of the window. <laughs> and it was just there for years and years, slowly changing colour. But it's not the same colour as it was. But it must have been there for a good 10 years or something like that. It was amazing. That's another thing about this year. The toys don't always age very well, do they? Nah. There's some real susceptible... Discoloration. Yeah. The Technobots. All of them. Technobots. Yeah. Yeah. Target Masters. The Decepticon (laughs) Target Masters. Oh, yeah. The the amount of yellowing on them just makes it impossible to find a good one today. The the actual Target Masters themselves, which the Decepticon ones, you can't even transform them. You know, like, transform one and it's probably going to break. That was supposed to be like a ratcheting mechanism. Yeah. And it's just, it really backfired. No pun intended. But that is unfortunately the way it is. Yeah. And there's things like hard heads, chest flap, almost always going to be broken. Don't Don't transform that. Yeah, don't do that. Just do not transform it. 
Trigger Happy's clips on his guns as well. Yep, absolutely. Yep, that's very true. I sold one of those on eBay once years and years ago, wasn't it, Christmas? And it was fine when I sent it. And when the guy got it, he had it for a few weeks. And then he messaged me saying, oh, those clips arrived broken. And I was like, they're not. And I can see in the photos I sent it. And it was like Christmas Eve. So I was just like, I don't care. Don't worry. I'll give you a refund. Keep it. It's broke. But I, I was like, I know what's happened is he's transformed it. And then he snapped them. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of breakage issues and stuff like that, which is funny because yeah. actually at, sort of at the start of this conversation, we were saying, oh, they're more durable. But <laughs> were they? I don't know. But, but I think they were designed to be more durable at the time, weren't they? Like there's definitely yeah. that shift Maybe that's it. Yes. in 87 where they're, they're designed to be American toys rather than toys they've imported. And it's got they've got to live up to all those different standards, haven't they? Like the different safety yeah. things probably. There's loads of that. There's this a lot more it. factors involved in how to make toys, probably from the production people at Hasbro. Yes. Then, you know, it's different to the car, isn't it? It's different when you're importing something and just repacking it. And I think what you just said is right, isn't it? They're yeah. designed to be a certain standard at the time. They're not designed yeah. to last nearly 40, 40 years. years, are they? Let's be <laughs> it, fair. So when you look at like a G1 Double Cross or Repugnus or Grotesque, yeah. you know, and the flame gimmick doesn't work anymore, you can't judge it too harshly, can you? Because <laughs> it's like, I don't know, it's been the better part of 40 years. Like, I think it's fair enough. Uh, but certainly a lot of this stuff, and when we get to 88, it's the same with like Darkwing and things like that. I just find a lot of these toys, uh, th- there's some concerns now, I think, and um, yeah. it will continue to be that way as well, unfortunately. They're yellow worse than the vintage, I think, I find with this this year. Yeah. These ones seem more successful. I keep saying vintage. <laughs> it, is, there is, the, feel, yeah. it does feel like there's that separation, isn't there, between does, 84, yeah. 85 and then 87. No, but you're right. They, they really do yellow. I mean, as Mayor said, the yeah. Decepticon Target Masters, all of them, I think, all five yeah. of them, yellow. Yeah. And uh, the, the There are well. so many more yellow Target Master Scourges than regular Scourges. It's so much easier to find an unyellowed regular Scourge than it is to find an unyellowed Target Master. Oh, yeah. If you didn't care about the yellowing, no problem to find one, really. I think you could at least yeah. find the body. Yeah. The Technobots in particular, it's so hard to find. I mean, it's heartbreaking for me because they're some of my favorite toys and I would love to get like a pristine set, but they change color and some of them are that off-white, so it's really hard to tell in photos. Mm. So at TFN, that's, that's a set I'd love to find. So real Ooh, nice. We'll find you one, man. We'll out. Like a Technobots. But again, it's so hard because they all yellow. Like even nose cone on mine, the underside of his nose cone has started to yellow, but you can't, I couldn't see it, you know, because he's in leg mode all the time, so it's folded down. And you see it after, like, oh, God. <laughs> Remember paranoid about mine now, honestly. All of, and th- these are toys as well that because you tend to leave them on the shelf and whatever else, you do kind of dread the day, don't you? That you go to take one down and look at it and you go, "Oh, it's yellowed." Yeah, this happened yeah. to me very recently with Trigger Happy and Slug Slinger. Oh. The two I had on display are gone. I had extras of both, one because it was a variant, and one because I just got extraordinarily lucky. Mm. And I had to sell the two that had gone because I just like I just can't bear to look at them. So they went. They were my mint ones. Um, they were in really old photos and articles and I look at them and think they don't look like that now mm. and it was the parts that were hidden from display that are still super clean right. and then it like the leg from the from the part down like when you un- when you fold over I think it's trigger happy or slug singer's legs to make the jet a part of the joint on the top of the thigh becomes visible that is normally not exposed so it tells me 100 percent it was me displaying them that did it Ugh. because there were bits which weren't exposed 
that haven't yellowed, but the rest of it has. Yeah. So those two went and I got out my extras and now they're on display. And I'll tell you what, I am dreading when these two go because looking at the market, I would not yeah. want to go in and try to find a no, nice... No, it's grim now. I don't have a perfect slug slinger anyway. Neither of them were perfect, but they were just really good. You, you've been through quite a few slug slingers, haven't you? You've been through quite a quest. So many. I've probably had about six. Really? And I've probably had about four Target Master Scourges and I'm just wow. on the most recently is probably the best one i've had yeah but he's still holding my childhood fracas because i can't find a better one mm. i can't find one period <laughs> I'm just, he's holding to my childhood fracas which isn't broken yeah i really I, i've been quite lucky with some of those but i do need to find a second set of the decepticon headmasters quite lucky he says exceptionally fortunate got them for a bargain price and they were fantastic yeah it's true That's classic sixer it's like yeah. the story uh, of this is that. where the country lane thing started was yeah. with those guys i remember the slug slinger because you you were well i hope you don't know what i'm saying i think you were slightly furious actually i still at am time. Like, i still I am it. you undeserving see you next tuesday i'm still <laughs> massively irritated by that <laughs> I remember it quite well. I was away. I was. I think I was in Greece. And I why remember, did you come back? Yeah, <laughs> to get the slug. That's that, his grudge slinger. That's yeah, a, yeah. That's your it. Transformers name from that year. But I'd been messaging this dude. We'd just got chatting, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I've got some some other G ones." I stuff. don't need a repeat of the story. It's recorded well, on multiple episodes, might, and no one wants to know. Wonder, you know. <laughs> anyway, he just messaged me a, pe- a picture of this. I remember sending it to you. He sent me this picture of this. He's like, "Oh, I've got a slug slinger." I was like, "Yeah, I'll take a look." And I thought, after all of your woes, I was like. I, it'll be yellowed or the chrome will rubbed off or something and i remember looking at the picture going huh, that appears to have come off the factory floor today it's actually perfect <laughs> and sending you the picture and i think you did call me a see you next tuesday in reply yeah. in reply it was just the one word literally that did you say i hope you choke yes <laughs> i think, I think that's where that started too yeah. do you know something there, there was an american uh seller recently i say in the last three four years uh, I think his family, no, no, sorry, him and his brother used to go to a shop which had loads of old Transformers stock. And it was stuff mm. that, for example, imagine a cassette uh, set with two cassettes on it, but someone had ripped off one cassette and they were selling what was left. They had a lot of stock like that. And they basically right. bought out the shop stock and they had it in their storage for 30 years. And he started digging through this. And I, and I got some really nice toys out of that. Like I'm talking absolutely perfect windsweeper, yeah. really, really nice combine a limb or something but he would not really sell direct to anyone he kept advertising them on facebook and then he would sell locally a lot too he sent me a photo of some stuff he had in the box and in that box was a loose and I'm, no doubt that's why the shop had it because it was off the bubble a slug slinger which i cannot lie to you the plastic was white oh i've seen this picture yeah, yeah. i sent you the picture because it, it stands out from a mile away doesn't it it's like mm. there's loads of box transformers next to it but then there's a loose slug slinger and it's white and you think oh my god they were that bloody color in the first place uh, mm. you've just come to think of them as off-white over the years but it was totally gray it's just a really really light gray yeah, yeah. gray and i could see that the chest chrome was perfect i said where's that i want that and he goes oh no some guy came by and he just took it with a bunch of other stuff and mm. i was heartbroken that was the slug slinger i should have gotten and it was just perfectly preserved for all these years and that's what they were meant to look like and that's what's so painful about looking at some of this stuff i can look at my double dealer that's gone you know it's not the same as it was did you ever see the chrome on it though because the on the one he had yeah utterly yeah. perfect on the chest not a bit of rub oh was it okay because so it was like face down in a box i don't know no no no. it wasn't face down it was just the underside of the jet that you could see uh, okay, so you could see his enough. head you could see the chest chrome and you could see the color of the plastic uh, right 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 okay i got you I'm yeah, going to have to revisit that, that photo today just to remind myself how 
good they well, can just, be. That's like revisiting heartbreak, honestly. Don't yeah. do that. That's the story of my life. Just tormenting <laughs> yourself. Why? Yeah. Also the story of my life. Just, get, just let it go, man. It's in the past. It's done. Not the story of my life. <laughs> yeah. Let it go. Good no, move. Always forward. Always forward. That sounds hard. <laughs> right. That's just how, how you're going to be, isn't it? Just, I don't know, live for tomorrow. The next thing. Would you say this podcast is us doing that? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Live for yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Live for yesterday, but in a living for tomorrow kind of way. Mm. Sounds like having your cake and eating it, man. Well, that's, yeah. Maybe that's my life. I don't know. You can't know where you're going till you know where you've been. There you go. That's it. What he said. As said by the great sage, Will Smith, in the song Will 2K. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's the first person who ever said it, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Will 2K. I've not heard that in a while. Brilliant. It's here and I like it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Right, just coming back into the E7 chat, there's one thing that I want to share with you both, and uh, I just kind of cryptically hinted at it then when we're off off recording for a minute, but uh, uh, I'm just going to drop this in. This is from, obviously, Botch the Crab. It's the 1987 uh, catalogue. So take a look. There's the Autobot side and the Decepticon side as two separate images. Uh, and if, if you know people listening at home, you can check out botchthecrab.com. Uh, Botch has, has done an amazing archive of, of all the box art and uh, catalogues and it's everything. It's one of the most amazing resources I've ever used for my oh, work, yeah. honestly. I wouldn't be without it. it Absolutely incredible. So really yeah. do check out botchthecrab.com. It's all there, all the G1 stuff, amazing. And, you know, they ha- he's posted copies of all of the catalogues, but this is 87. So I'm just looking at the Autobot side to start with, and I just thought this was fascinating, honestly, looking through this, because it's in such high-res detail, these scans, that you can really zoom in and see that they're obviously prototypes, these toys, right? All of them. And I think this is one that, I know we've done the 84 catalogue before as a mini-sode, maybe we'll have to come back and do this at some point, but I just thought there was some fascinating details that are worth noticing. like. For example, look at the the four or Autobot headmasters. Yeah, there's so much there which like like first of all the heads aren't right. No, they've that. all got faces. They've none yeah. of them have got face plates. Like obviously yeah. highbrow's head is different and it's still got a mouth. But yeah. the Brain other storm three... and hardhead have got painted canopies. Yeah, well, because, because yeah. it's all resin. It's it's all going to be yeah. like a exactly. solid color resin, and because we know that because we know the dude cool. who owns the prototypes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going to say Raz probably owns all yeah. of these. Look at Fort Max's waste guns. They don't flip out. They slide out. It's yeah. a completely different mechanism. What What's fun about Fort Max is is obviously he's got a different base mode. He's got his base mode, but then he's got the the other base mode, which is one of the modes that the Titans Return toy mm-hmm. does. Yep. Instead yeah. of the proper city mode, this that's the city mode it has. That's that true, kind of the actually, legs splayed out it? to the side. I yeah, think. the legs just out yeah. to the side. Yeah, it's not the, the right base mode at yeah. all. Please look at Double Cross's robot head. Please just take a look at that. It's like Space oh Ghost or God. something. Yes, I <laughs> that. Yeah, it's such a weird one, isn't it? It looks like he's wearing a pair of shades. It's like, you remember the film Dark Man? Yes. <laughs> it's Dark Man. It's Dark Man. Yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? There's just so much stuff. I can't believe I've never noticed that about Formax before, you know. But I've looked at this catalogue. Yeah. like hundreds of times in my life and I'd never once clocked that they got a different configuration for Fort Max for his base mode. 
Yeah, because they've got the base mode, but instead of the spaceship mode, they've got that. But that's yeah, that's the Titans Return one. That's its yeah. base mode because it doesn't have the normal city mode, does it? That's so mad. It's Look how different never, the Target Master weapons are as well. Uh, yeah. So different. Well, if you flip over to the Decepticon side as well, I mean, we're just going to go through this in, in quick detail. But yeah, have a look at the Decepticon Target Masters and have a look at their little Nebulon partners. They well, look so different. I just love that Cyclonus doesn't even have the same shoulders. Well, I was going to say, That's yeah. just he's got one blue arm and one purple arm, which is just insane. But on the jet as well, so it's clearly that they've got the transformable toy and they've got two copies of it. Look at yeah. Slugslinger though. Look at yeah. his grey. Look how much the, the the jet mode of Slugslinger looks like the Titans Return Slugslinger. Yeah. Really does. Really does. Misfire is red, like a deep, deep red, not yep. pink. Yeah which is really strange. I think as well that, do you think I'm right in saying that it's obviously not Photoshop, it's like pretty Photoshop, whatever, but they've attempted to recolor the Target Master yeah, yeah. in his hand? All, all sorts of funny stuff going on there. There's so, definitely yeah. some attempt at digital manipulation there, like really early. I think I mean, with um, Trigger Happy as well, look at his Nebulon partner, that's been recolored. It was red and it's been recolored blue. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at Ape Face and like Scorpion Arc, there's just so much... Yeah. Well, Scorponok is all green. So uh, mad, isn't it? It's so weird just to see. It really is never not an absolute joy to see that Triptychon prototype. You know, the colours, that the pinkier colour to it. Yes. Yeah, it is really nice. I do like the pink. Oh, if anything here, so it looks less pink than I've seen it elsewhere, that yeah. prototype. But you've got Abominus with a black face. Even the Decepticon headmasters, they're so different. Like, it looks like... Mindwipe has a totally different face than production. It just looks like it's got like Cerebros as a head or some yeah, cracks just recolored. Really different legs as well, kind of a shiny purple. It's almost like translucent. The arms look like they're made of translucent purple. It's a mad year. I mean, they'd wouldn't it just be great to get a whole run of 1987, but in prototype style? It would just be amazing. And yeah. so many of these prototypes exist today and are still in collection. I'm not even making yeah. a plural out of that. Yeah, so, in collection. It's interesting because I asked Raz and I said, um, what Scourge stuff do you have? And he goes, none. There just hasn't well, been any. Like no one has got the Scourge prototypes. The way they, there's all these Cyclonus ones and so many hot rods and cups and blurs, but not Scourge. That's so weird. Scourge, of course, who is missing his hat in this yep. uh, all stickers. <laughs> uh, I love uh, Point Blank, how he's wearing his shield as, like, Y-front. <laughs> in real life, oh, God, he's like, pl- plugged in as his waist. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's hilarious. They still can't transform Hot Rod, can they? Bless them. Uh, <laughs> still can't rotate that backpack. But I, uh, I don't know. It just I was looking at the catalogue, and it just struck me as, like, this is hilarious. I think it's one that's worth... A deeper dive. I hope that we'll go back at some point and do more definitely. on the catalogs because I think it was great fun looking at the eighty-four one. So I'd definitely like to go back and do more on these. So we should get Raz on and say which that. ones have you got? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tick them off. Probably be a short conversation to ask him which ones he doesn't. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. But I, I just thought it was fascinating, uh, and I don't know. To me, looking at. I suppose the other thing to say about these catalogues, looking at all of these toys now represented in this way, oh god, this is such a great year of toys. It is a great year. It's just kind of wall to wall excellent Transformers figures. Yeah. There's no real clear weakness. And I will not yeah. hear bad words about things like throttle bots or clones no, or stuff like that. And, and even Ape Face, which people try to criticize, I just won't hear it. 
Do they? How is so pretty, man. It's uh, Ape Face fantastic is gorgeous. Squid design. Mm. I've never owned Ape Face. I had Snapdragon twice, but I've never owned Ape oh, Face. Snapdragon's a Snap- all timer, isn't it? Snapdragon's amazing. Yeah. Top, 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 top tier toy. Honestly. Yeah. I remember Love them that. as kids. I just, it was the only set of anything I ever completed as a kid was Horrorcons. <laughs> what what, what so do people good. slate about Ape Face? What the Ape just, mode? Yeah, the ape mode, the robot mode, you know, being so wide and with all of the crazy kibble on the back of it. Right, I don't sure, care sure, about sure. any of that stuff, man. But nah, that's, that's nah. the charm of him, I think. It he really like is, a yeah. weird space sci-fi fighter jet. I think that's what makes him interesting. Mm-hmm. That's why I picked him out as the first 87 toy I bought. Yeah, plus I remember a, the idea of a gorilla transformer. Like yeah. now it's, now it's you know, Optimus Primal, it's a thing, isn't it? But But then it was like, what? a gorilla like it just seems so weird they went with ape link in that movie man they should have gone with ape face face as the first thing you see in rise of the beasts yeah or or you could have gone by you know i was thinking that that scrubs character where he's like uh it's beard for say and there's just something about ape face i always think of his name as ape for say i don't know why (laughs) i tell you what that's what they should have done man you know with scourge when his little mask falls off Instead of seeing that like manky face, it's just like a tiny little nebulon sat in there, like pedaling the bike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, controlling him like pulleys. Like, like... <laughs> uh, Rise of the Beast spoilers, by the way. Yeah, just yeah. For anybody <laughs> just, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I don't know. I just can't look at this catalogue and not be blown away, mm. even now. Yeah. Even though I own all of these toys. This is actually a year I own every single toy in this, really? this catalogue. Don't you find that, okay, toys aside, how good they are. The fiction around this year of toys yeah. has done so much to make them classics. Yes. Even though for someone like me, it's just Rebirth, but that was enough. Never mind Marvel Comics, you know, well, even Rebirth comics, was enough. Yeah, the Marvel Comics was really standout, actually, of these guys. It really kind of took the Transformers series in a different direction, and it added so much complexity to the story, and suddenly you had different factions of Decepticons and things like this, and like particularly with the UK additional material, you know, it became like a lot of timey whiny shenanigans because Cyclonus and Scourge had gone back in time to become part of this story and things like that. And it because this was set in sort of present day, if you like, and it was mm. I don't know, it was very strange, but just really, really cool. And I, I love Rebirth as well. I love both those bits of fiction coming together. Um, and and I think this is where you start to get a lot of different interpretations. You know, like how big is Fort Max actually? Like, is yeah. he yeah. normal robot size? Is he city size? You know, these kinds of things vary depending on which bit of the fiction you you go for. Whereas nineteen eighty four, eighty five stuff to a certain extent, by and large, kind of sits within a similar realm. And like, even in different fictions, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just can't help but look at this whole catalogue and just be like, wow, what a yeah. year. So I think we are going to come back anyway, aren't we, and do more specific mini-sodes Many. on all of this stuff. Yeah. Look, guys, if you want to hear about Target Masters in detail, you want to hear about Headmasters or the clones or things like Six Shot, Punch, Fort Max, Scorponok, Patreon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's the best way for us because we've really found that actually as much as it's a fun idea to delve into these in a full episode. We, we just get lost in the sea of it. It's just too much. So actually these kind of shorter uh, burst, you know, real deep dive sessions of getting into like a specific toy or like a bunch of toys 
it just works for us so well. Uh, I definitely think we're going to be kicking off pretty soon when your Fort Max lands, oh, yes. Liam. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to get it. You can tell me what it's uh, like. <laughs> Once it's free of the box. Yeah. You're going to bust yours out, though, right? For the mini-sode. Uh, maybe mm. like an hour before recording or something, you know. Get it out, man. Just get it out. I'm looking forward to it because I think he'll get it out and he'll start messing with it and it'll be like a revelation. No, that's that exact feeling that people put on me and then I don't get that feeling and it becomes disappointing. It's been out the box twice already, man. It's not like it's going to be a fresh experience. I know what it does. You already seem to be at this like such a low level on it. The only way is up, baby. For for you and Max now. (laughs) But look, I really hope you do enjoy it at some point. And, you know, maybe you'll upgrade to a vintage one or not. Who knows? But it's such an amazing thing. This has got a real claim to be the very best year of G1, hasn't it? It's got a very solid claim to that. I think so. Like, legitimately, if if you were to ask me off the bat, what's the best year of toys, I'd say 87. Mm. That would be my my gut reaction. This year has that feeling in hindsight of the breath of fresh air, the toy line needed. Like, it's so different, and it just feels mm. like it comes back. It's almost like the, the rebirth of the toy line, isn't it? Because yeah, it's it really so is, different yeah. to what comes before. It changes everything, and it's fantastic. It's it has aged enough, brilliantly. Yeah, but there's enough in there that's, like, of the classic quality that's come before, and so much that is going to become commonplace in the future. Yeah, I think so. I think what's also great mm. is that 88 is almost a part two to that. Like it's, I think so. The yeah. two yeah. go together so well, like, with Power Masters. Yeah, yeah. You you can't really talk about headmasters and target masters yeah. without power masters in yeah. a funny way. And the packaging is you a know. huge part of that too, because yes. th- that whole change to the digital starburst instead of just the regular starburst packaging, and you know the more, much more than meets the eye, all that kind of stuff, and the little windows for the nebulons, that slightly different logo, right? It's just all part of the magic of this era. And you're exactly right about 1988 because all of 88 for me felt like the same discovery moment as monster bots in 87 because those were the ones i had no clue about until adult collecting and then i bought them as an adult collector and was wowed by them like really wowed how good they are yeah and how you know how much better they are even than some of the regular 87 standouts and then 88 is exactly that it's just more of that yeah i think you is absolutely that it's a story of two halves a bit like a game of two halves Liam, but a story of two halves <laughs> Oh, we should call him six nil here. from now on. Yeah. We're going to just call him six, six nil. nil. Yeah, exactly. Well, These are all just sporting analogies, just coming <laughs> at you thick and fast. Honestly, I can't wait for your mini series with your six O sporting analogies. It'd be no. like one of them one of those old uh, football blooper videos you used to get. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Like... His sports podcast will be six O of one and half a dozen of the other. Oh, yeah, yeah. indeed, that's a thing. There you go. Yeah. But it is um. There is a funny thing that looking about 87, it makes me understand a lot of the complaints you get now. Where, but, you know, people of a younger generation go, oh, not G1 again. Because when I look at this now, I see so much of it, like uh, the iconography of Transformers is 84, 85. Yes. And you look here and I go, this year is the best year, but you don't see these characters. They're not, it's, it's not that they're not the same toy line, but it almost feels like there's, there's such a break between them that they're not held to that same high regard or in that same, you know, well, it's- standing. It's amazing what this toy line did, really, because it's like, exactly, it's a rebirth of the toy line, still doing very much the same thing. But incredibly, if you take the splash that 84 made, in the grand scheme of things, with all these years that have passed, 87 was another big splash. And that's amazing for a toy line to have such a big spike at the beginning, and then that general decline. But then, really, when you 
critically analyze the toy line, 87 is another massive spike in quality mm. and design and originality. And it's just like this toy line, no wonder it is so well loved now and so widely collected. And it's not just all focused on the Megatrons and the Primes and the Star Screams and the Bumblebees, but mm. a bloody loose misfire will run you way more than an Autobot yeah. car will today, you know, yeah. because they were probably bought yeah. in lesser quantities than all of 8485. They don't last as well as some things. So getting versions of these toys today is quite difficult. That's because they're so good. People aren't just ticking them off a list. They know these are good Transformers. Transformers is amazing that way in that it had the the peak and then another peak like that. Peak after peak. But that is a story for another time. And we will come back and focus on a lot of these toys in detail uh, on our Patreon. And speaking of our Patreon, Maz, we, we have a Patreon, don't we? Yes, we still have a Patreon. We still do. It's still there. It's still kicking. And it's still called Patreon, not Patreon. Right. <laughs> Every do Patreon? time. Do I say it yeah. wrong? Do I say, is yeah. that wrong? When are we getting a note from Pat Rion? Because oh, it's paying. Yeah. I was when, just when, about to say Pat Rion. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, Pat Rion. Yeah. I guess because it's Patreon, yeah. isn't it? Like you pay. Exactly. Patreon. And we have our patrons. Right. And if you would like to okay. become a, a patron, you should go to patreon.com forward slash triple takeover. You might be listening to this episode a week early, or you might be jumping on the Discord to talk to us directly as we're on there all the time about this episode and about your experience of these toys. Or you might have decided that you want to listen to all the extra content that we're going to do on 1987 as mini-sodes and you join up as a 6 Sos butler where you can access those episodes and then maybe request one of your own that we haven't covered and we'll add it to our queue. Or you could listen to our exclusive mini-series because we put out exclusive material every week on Patreon. You're never going to be without something new coming along. Or you might just want to say thank you and join up as an apologetic ramp. I feel like the ramps don't get very much love anymore in these shows. Yeah. You can ask questions on the pod as well. And we have a question this week. Ooh, what's it going to be? Whoa. Earthquake. What was that? Was that Did you that see was? all that rattling? I heard it. <laughs> That's what that was. Yeah, the whole room just shook. I thought it was your chair creaking. I just heard no, like a no, really no. loud creak. You've got to keep that in because that was a live triple takeover earthquake here in Iceland. We've been having loads recently. That was mad. Actually, There's going to be another eruption. So that's just around the corner. Bloody hell. Wow. Just pause for Maz's eruption. Yeah. Okay, so our question this episode is from Mike Loyacono. And he asks, I believe in the past you've mentioned how cool it would be to see modern characters like Bulkhead or Lockdown done in the style of G1 toys. But a similar idea has occurred to me redoing G1 characters in the style of an era of G1 that they weren't a part of. For a specific example, I thought it would be neat to see Starscream done in the style of later G1 jets like the Target Masters or even Predators. And for the inverse, I'm curious what a more Diaclone-inspired version of Powermaster Prime would look like. What do you guys think of this mm. idea and what toys would you want to see done in which style? Thanks and keep up the great Love work. Love it. Thank you, Mike. Oh, we will. We will. I love the idea. Yeah. Well, we well, there was a later Starscream, of course. There was Pretender Starscream, but I guess that's you know slightly different. It's not quite Target Master style, but that's um, that was an interesting one because you kind of get to see what an interpretation of that mode might have looked like, as I, I suppose. Um, but I think it's a it's a cracking idea. Like I would have loved to have seen some of the like the Headmasters, for example, as like eighty four, eighty five vehicles. I think that would have been great fun but then he been in equally something like i don't know blue streak or wheeljack seeing them done in later style would have been fascinating too i reckon uh 
throttle bots in the style of G1 cars would have been ace. Uh, you Chase nailed it. Yes. Ferrari Testarossa yeah. just to sit past side swipe. Yeah, that, that's my shout. You crushed it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Huh. You know, the, the, the throttle bot cars would be great. But just imagine like a wide load done in like proper Diaclone style. That'd be so cool. See, now that's really boring. Because I, I always revert back to MicroMasters and I'd quite like to see all the vintage... I keep saying vintage again. <laughs> 84, yeah, you do. 84, 85 cars done as, you know, MicroMasters. I just think that would have been cool. Ah, oh, man. I'm so... Uh, yeah, the Hot Rod kind of yeah. teases that. The Star Convoy mm. Hot Rod, doesn't it? But like, it kind how of really good is that? that yeah. idea. And it comes from, you know, from yeah. seeing like uh, micro machines of these, so many of these vehicles that we used to and like, oh, I wish it just transformed. So it's almost like tantalizingly there. It kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about like, if G1 was done today, what would be different? Maybe that's a whole topic in itself yeah. as well. There's probably a whole episode in that. But like, I almost feel like all of these characters would be produced as MicroMasters as well, wouldn't they? It'd almost be like a like a size class. 17 different size, size classes. Flip changes, yeah, yeah, yeah. one steps. They'd all be Titans. Yeah. <laughs> Titan Blurlium, imagine oh, that. I'd love it. Use him as a sledge. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Or a surfboard. No, I think there's some, there's some really fascinating possibilities about kind of era crossing there i could sort of see some really interesting you know ones i think throttlebots is a great blur would make a terrific skateboard a giant blur because he's got wheels on the bottom and he's flat you could stand on him just go down the street <gasps> you could recreate yeah, like transformers the movie could. the hoverboard it could just be just stand on a blur do you know uh thinking about it actually there's rc as well kind of fits into that because she was nearly mm. done as a headmaster wonder what sort um of. the clones would be like as early g1 toys like you get the same robot mode Seekers. Power dashes. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Power dashes, yeah. <laughs> We're pretty close. Kind of, I don't know. Sort of, there'd be that kind of thing, wouldn't they? I guess Double Dealer would just be another Diaclone-style triple changer, I suppose. But then, Perhaps. knowing how yeah. amazing Double Dealer is, how good would a 87, 88-style Power Master Blitzwing be? <sighs> Astrotrain. Yeah, well that. It's like a Horicon. Or maybe just a slightly earlier era octane. Oh. Mm. Totally quite fun. Would be seeing yeah. like the, something like the aerial bots done in like the eighty-seven thick, big plastic mm. style, rather than the smaller things, just big chunky jets, little cockpits that open for headmasters or whatever. Well, thanks, Mike, for a terrific question. That was a, I was definitely on brand for this episode. I feel like that could be an episode, a minisode on its own. There's quite a list of minisodes we've we've got lined up now. I think we we're good for the rest of the year. We've just made a list of like eighteen <laughs> minisodes tonight. As it is, I keep saying, "Oh, we're doing minisode." Well, there another perk of the Patreon is getting a shout out when you sign up for Sixos Butler or Goldbox Classic. So here, we here comes our latest shout out, and I'm not reading it backwards this time. That was just horrific. And, and you're going to do this live at TFN. No comment. So big thank you to Nick, Danny Roberts, Andy Preston, Chris Spider, Adam Schumacher, Matt Stephen Perkins, Bounce Saturday, Justin Masari, Dave Downripple, Geo Kaiser, Yusuf, John Pearl, Choice of Andy Cars, Captain Ray Field, Jack Platier, Rod Storm, Stuart Webb, Amar, Laserbeak, who is back? Puma the Hunter, Vegemite Mike, Peter Hampson, Shenry, Chris Norris, Jesse Moreno, Nexus, Aris Roberto, Billy Gator, Andy Gold, Cold Squall, Simon Elvin, Joshua's Michigan, Cracktastic, Plastic, Danvastator, Jeffrey Freak, Nice Sidebones, Andy Inbound, Lee, John Wick, Carl Wilmer, Tim Banerjee, Ben Lewis, Shinsei, Lucas Ankle, Mollus Koning, Malcolm Hobbs, CNC, Rick 56, Mythic Gear, Zach Lawson, Jason Murray, David Shepard, Esteem, 
team. Quick mates, Josh Bell, Ashbot, Zindios, Christian Hyatt, Mark Eddie, Graham Moffat, Connor Seabuck, Prada, Eric Hoyt, Bobby P, Mike Loyacono. Thanks for the question. Neil Bat, Tyler Husky, Chris Rodwell, Steve Redmond, Jim Kinsey, Sean T. Siegel, James Pascoe, Ghost Prime, Jekyll, MK Tronic, Hordet Walter, Charlie Chappelle, Maddie Clark, Jonathan, False Logic Howard, Lexus Taylor, Windows 6K, Tech James, Tyler Dixon, Jeremy Woodall, Ross, Jetfire James, Dogland UK, Menace Streaker, Michael Cagle, Dugatron, Squid Catfish, Rob Packerfish, Ali News, Robert R, Duckstar, Heinrad 80, Toy Pocket, Caladis, Michael Brand, Uncrasmatic Ball, Cam Lee, Absurd, Miguel Gonzalez, Spiderweb, James Hooks, Brandon Mahaffey, Collecticon, Chop, Goldbolt, Alec Trevelyan 2022, Riley Lance, Emperor Galvaton, Matthew Deadman, Spencer Butler, Alan Johnson, Anthony Baker, Adam Brady, Jones Turnham, The Dash Fox, Simon, Transformer Closet, EMH Richard, Robin Hunt, Corliss Mutter, and a big thank you to our new patrons, RHA, Logan, Jetfire Prime 760, James Clark, also returning, John R, and the Mapes Brothers, who you might recognize. Eat that. Did it properly this time. What a list. (laughs) Incredible. Absolutely incredible list. Just kept keep. Thank you, all of you, for signing up at the level that you have and for the support and for all the interactions on discord and on all of our social media we are most grateful some lovely people yeah and hopefully see some of you at tf nation we are going to be there and uh you know for those of you that that can't make it you're in a different country or whatever you know we'll we'll doubtless be talking about it in the future no doubt on the pod but uh if you are going to be there we'll be there the whole weekend and we are running a panel as well on the friday and uh so that's quite exciting uh details to be announced and all of that but uh, do come and see us and cheer us along we'd absolutely love that very appreciative oh and i should also mention that we do have a sponsor for the evening and that is tfsource.com do check them out for all your transformers and third party needs as well yeah and uh just to go back to patreon quickly because we had another message about you know we did, did. We? We really did. preston from preston asks is is talking about uh oh my god man <laughs> He said one of his favourite... Preston from Preston. Not, Preston these from are not Preston. getting better, Liam. This, uh, look, no. I can't be held responsible for people's names and where they're born. You, but, you um, can oh, very yeah. much be held responsible for the quality of this How? segment. <laughs> well, Pre- Pre- and you will Preston be. says one of his favourite segments on the show is the jokes about the Omnibots. You know, and how Miles likes to cut them. And so he asked, he's like, oh, do you guys do any merchandise? And I'm like, dude... We have a red bubble. And if you go there, you can find the G2 Omnibots that we did from the Patreon. Do you remember that? Yes. Six has fantastic artwork for, what was it? Sunroof, Glove Box, and <laughs> what's the other one? Dipstick. That was it. <laughs> Start to feel a bit like one of those right now. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you head over to Rebel. Uh, that's what I was calling you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you head over to rebel.com forward slash people forward slash triple takeover forward slash explore. You can get that on a T-shirt, on all sorts of merch, and yeah, head over there. And uh, oh, you were made for marketing. Honestly. If like Preston, you want to ask us a question, you can find us on social media. So you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at triple underscore takeover, or Facebook where it's at triple takeover, all one word. Maz, where could they find you? Under a table, because I've just looked it up, and that earthquake was a five point one, and they're just getting bigger. Oof. Otherwise, Whoa. I'll be at TF Square One on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but probably not Threads. Because man, the list of things that they need from you, security-wise, this like, is it. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm at sixty TF on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, Blue Sky, Threads, Blue Sky TikTok. now as well. Master, not TikTok. Pretty much everywhere other than on your TikTok. street corner or six. Wait, are you Mr. Blue Sky? Yeah, any street corner. I'm on Blue. I'm Can I have an Blue invite? Uh, do you know you're about the thirtieth person to ask me? But I'm this the only now. one that matters. And you, 
Oh. Of course. But it's uh, too good for his you, you don't get mm. invite codes. You, you can just get, it's not like making it rain. You don't just get like, you know, you know I'm not Oprah Winfrey. Winfrey? <laughs> you don't get like invite codes just to like dish out. Like, it's called you know, Blue Sky. Surely that's what you do, make it rain. <laughs> You, you have to you have to be on the platform. Like, Bring the so clouds, long, and then you get an yeah. invite code. Yeah, very good. And then you get an invite code to give to people, but you get like one every so often. I think it's like one a month. Yeah. I don't really know. So, but yeah, as and when I get some invite codes, I, I need to. I'm gonna have to like create a spreadsheet or something, honestly, to like keep track of the number of people that have asked me. And I'm at Toybox. <laughs> Anywhere there's an at, including threads, which <laughs> I initially thought was going to be some sort of clothing-based system. But... Not the right. nuclear holocaust the movie that we were all shown as children in <laughs> oh, school in, yeah. the, in the 80s. I've never seen it, but I've, I know of were, it. Were we? Oh, it was traumatic. Totally. Was it? Yeah. Threads? Yeah. Yes. Is that what it was called? Oh, yeah. There's if you know, you it. know. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. I, I don't really know. a really famous British sort yeah. of TV thing wasn't it yes. i think james roberts it might be james roberts posted a picture of the radio times with the cover to, for threads Ooh, unforgettable really yeah i've either never seen it or i have seen it and it was so horrific and this explains why i can't remember huge chunks That's of it. my childhood i don't know <laughs> well, on that note <laughs> 87 was a good year wasn't it we've Immensely enjoyed talking about these toys. We will be back to talk more about them in the future because, as I think we've said about you know several dozen times, we're going to be doing loads of Patreon content on these, so do check that out, please. Uh, but thank you for listening to the main episode of content, and we'll catch you next time. It's here and I like it. Woo! Man, I remember when the ball dropped for 90. Now it's 9-9. Ten years behind me. What's gonna happen? Don't nobody know. We'll see when the clock hits to 12-0-0. Chaos. The cops gonna block the street. Man, who the hell cares? Don't stop the beat. No time to sleep. Yo, it's on tonight. KC, you feeling me, right? 2-0-0-0-Will-2-K. The new millennium. Yo, excuse me. Willennium. Can't get thicker than this. Slick like Rick. I can't miss. Hold up, it is. Was a party night, everybody was drinking, the highs was screaming, and the bass was shaking, and it won't be long till everybody knowing at twelve o'clock. Uh, at twelve o'clock. Say uh, why, why, say why, say why, say why, why? Da-da-da-da-da-da-boom! <laughs>